Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Laconia campus. You know, Ronnie, when he was sharing his, his uh, offering time, and, and he was talking about creation and the universe, and, you know, the universe is 46 billion light years in size. Can't even... 46 billion light years in size, and it's expanding. And we're just floating there. Do you know there's been 108 billion people that have lived on this planet? Does God see me? Does God see me when I struggle? Does God, does God see me when I'm, when I'm at home and I'm all alone and I'm lonely? Does God see me when... Does God see me when I'm a child and my father leaves? You know, this week God showed me some things that... Um, one of my gifts, one of the gifts that God has given me is, is words of knowledge. And, um, and so he kind of gives me glimpses of things like, like movies. And, um, and in this week, I was just praying, say, God, show, show me, show me what, where we come from. And, and he showed me, um, you know, that there would be somebody here who, who was even burned with cigarettes when they were a kid that their father literally took cigarettes and, and put it on their skin. And I don't know what service it was in, whether it was this one or the last. But, uh, and he showed me some other things too. And, 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 it, and it has been driving me to this question of, does God see me? Because we're so small. We're like these little specks of, of, of particles of dust in a massive universe that we're like little clay pots that are fragile that break as they slam together. Where's, where, does God see me? You know, the Bible says that God actually knows how many hairs are on your head. Now, for some of us, that's, that's more than others. I'm pretty and getting good at combing. Who are we that he is mindful of us? Who are we that he would look upon us? We're like a vapor. Gone. But that's not how God sees us. You know, Psalm 33, verse 13, if you want to turn there. Says, says this, um, that the Lord looks down from heaven. Sees all the children of men. That the, the 108 billion people plus the ones that weren't even born yet. He sees that his eyes, his eyes are upon them. That 
like a father with love looks upon us. He sees all the children of man from where he sits enthroned. He looks out on all the inhabitants of earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. Not only does he see you on the outside, he sees you on the inside too. He sees your hopes and your dreams and your desires and your struggles and your fears and your doubts and your anxiety and your impatience and your anger and your past hurts and the the memories that haunt you from the father who yelled at you or the mother who wept when your dad left. He sees that. He sees that, and he was there. And he was there in the midst, and you didn't fall apart because he was holding you. He was holding your hand. And he was holding your mother as well. He sees you on the inside and out. You know, um, we have a two-year-old named Jacob. Cheeks. Affectionately, we call him Cheeks. And he is a pistol. And up until this point, he has been, well, I would say a mommy dink. Finally, he's turning into a daddy dink. So our kids, they kind of shift back. If you, you know, if you've been a parent, you realize this. There are these phases they go through where there's like, you know, they're all about mom. Now, he's been all about mom up until now. And lately, though, he's been really all about dad. And it's so exciting because I look at him with love. And ever since he was conceived and I knew he was coming, I have looked upon him with love. And my love for him has only grown over time. And if you're a parent, you understand that. Because when they're born, you're like, I can't possibly love this child anymore. But then they, they develop, and then their little personality comes out. And, and then you just your heart just gets overtaken. And he's been, he's just a, a character, right? If you've spent any time with Cheeks, he is a character. He's, he, he runs like this, right? And lately... When he's been in his crib, he's been calling out for me to come and rescue him. Dada, dada, daddy, daddy, crying for me. Because he knows I can come and set him free. He knows that I can, you know, he can't climb that crib yet. But he knows I can come and get him and pick him up. Or when he loses his DD or when he... just makes my heart burst with joy as, as I see him wanting to be with me in the way that I want to be with him. And so I was able to spend a whole day with him the other day, or at least a good part of a day with him the other day, and we went to uh, the skate park. We went for a little walk, and, and Jacob has this little car, which has a blue handle on the back, and he loves this thing. It has a little seat belt and put him in there, and we're, we're walking around town, and, walking, and we're going to the skate park, and 
we went to the we went to the skate park, which is right next to the playground, and he wanted to do skate park, and and so so we're in the skate park, and I'm pushing him, and we're going up and down the ramps, and 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 it's fun, and he's having a blast, and then he wants out, and I knew this wasn't going to be good, <clears throat> and he wanted to do it on his own, and so um, I kind of fought it, but he got mad. And I figured, well, I'm here. I'm watching him. He'll be fine. So he, he gets out, and he gets behind the little car, and he's like this. And he's running with that little car, and, and he's going up and down the little ramps. But then there's a larger ramp, which has a, it, it has a long ramp and then a platform, and then it drops. It's almost straight. And he decides that he wants to go up on the platform and... Uh, Okay, I'll walk behind you. So he walks slowly up the platform, and he gets to the top. And he didn't want me to help him, and he didn't want me to be up there with him, but I wasn't going to let him be there alone because I knew. I knew. He needed me. And so we're there, and, and he's on the top, and I said, uh-oh. He keeps going, he keeps going, he keeps going, and he gets to the lip, which is, has the the drop off and I grabbed him and he fought me he fought me and he got mad because he gets feisty like that but I still love him so I grab him and, and I, I picked him up and I put him down and I, and I said okay come here buddy and so we walked over to the edge and I held his hand and I showed him I put my foot over the edge and I showed him that if he would have went to that edge and, and that drop off, that could have killed him. And then we went back and we got the car and we brought it to the edge and, and then we, and we let it go down and they went all the way down. And he cracked up and thought it was the greatest thing. And then he wanted to do that for the next 20 minutes, like 100 times, because that's how little kids are. Right, they want to, if they find the one thing they like, they want it over and over and over again. And he just, you know, can't even contain it. He can't even contain it. That relationship, how I see him, how he sees me, how he relies upon me, even though at times he fights it, but ultimately he kind of gives in because he, he knows That's how God sees us. And that's how God wants us to see him. And I think that somewhere along the way, we get mixed up on this. You see, this word favor um, in, in Hebrew, the connotation at the root, there's actually two words for favor. One's a noun and one's a verb. And the, the noun is, is this word hen, like the bird, hen. And, and it means to look upon graciously, to, to see with eyes of love. And grace means something that's unmerited, something that, that you don't even deserve. You know, I look at Jacob. Jacob, you know, didn't earn his way into my family. He was born into my family. We chose to have him, kind of. 
<laughs> Easy. It was a re- wedding, re- marriage retreat. No, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> but we chose to have him. And he doesn't earn my eyes upon him. He has my eyes upon him because I love him. And favor is about how God sees us. You see, God made an intention for all 108 billion people. And he loves so clear in scripture, every single person that has ever lived, he loves. And I know this because he, the, the price that he paid to win us back. And he looks at you with eyes of love. But the crux the, the, the struggle, the reality is that man has chosen self-sufficiency over God himself from the beginning. That we don't realize that we're more like Jacob than we want to admit. That we're heading towards a cliff. That apart from him, we can do nothing. That when he, like, when Jacob was pushing that car up the ramp, the only way it got up the ramp was because my hand was behind him. And that he thought he was doing it, but really I was. And so from the beginning, man has chosen to live in such a way that is self-sufficient. You know, in Psalm 33 is... As we say, well, God looks upon us, and then it says this. It says, the king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. A war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might, it cannot rescue. Can't save yourself. There's nothing you can do in your life to earn God's favor. The Bible says that none are righteous, not one. Why? Because we've chosen to live as orphans rather than sons. You see, there are, there are two groups of people in the world. There's two groups. We'll use Cheetah because he's cute. There are sons, and there are orphans. Now, God looks upon all of these with love, but the sons are in right relationship with God. Not because of anything they've done, but because of what he's done. You see, we have a God who made a way for us to go from being orphans to being sons. See, after, go back to Psalm 33. He reveals it. It's awesome. Love it. Love it. 
By the way, the gospel is throughout the whole Old Testament. If you, stop, if you think for one minute that it's you know, a separate, well, that's God of the Old Testament, God of the New. Oh, no. Oh, no. Verse 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Has said, steadfast love, steadfast, never failing, never ending, never exhausting, never earned, gracious love of God, and it's a person, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus is God in the flesh who came to rescue us as we've gone away from God as orphans trying to live in self-sufficiency. In Galatians, I'm going to preach a little bit here. Galatians 4, how does God see us? God eats popcorn. Galatians. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, verse 4, born of a woman under the law to redeem those who were under the law. Redeem. This word is so power-packed. This means to buy with a price. This means to ransom out of slavery. See, man in our self-sufficiency becomes enslaved to the things of this world. Becomes enslaved to living in such a way to supply all of our own needs apart from God. And if you tell me that's not true, I'd say, you're fibbing. You're lying. Because we're all exhausted people. Because we burn ourselves out and live in this place of insufficiency because we're choosing to reject the one who is sufficient. So we live as slaves, as it's going to say here in a second, of elementary principles of the world. That we kill ourselves to buy things we don't need and try to earn the favor of those who don't really love us. When we have a heavenly father who is greater than any earthly father who looks on us with love, who comes to our crib and says, I want to let you out. I want you to be free so you can run. But we, instead we push him away and we try to climb up that crib on our own, but we can't because we're not strong enough. And that crib is sin. And, and that sin separates us from being with the father. The sin of self-sufficiency, which is the original sin. Because in the garden, Adam and Eve said, you know what, God, I want to know as you know. I want to do this my own way. So I'm going to do this thing. And so they disobeyed. And they walked away. And that's humanity. That's all of us. But... But God sent forth his son, born of a woman, under the law to redeem us, to rescue us, to set us free, those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. How does God see you? 
And it says, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, which is translated as Papa. I've thought a lot about this term favor, and there's been a lot of distortion in in teaching and, and in Christianity about this. Let me tell you what it's not. It's not, hey, I need to be good so that God will look upon me favorably. It's not, hey, I can earn God's, I can earn a right relationship with God. It's not, hey, I can earn God's blessing. No, favor is this, that when we put our faith in Christ, that when we allow him to rescue us from slavery and to become adopted as sons, that he clothes us, that he clothes us with garments of righteousness, that when God looks on us, he sees Jesus, that we have the same favor that Jesus has with God. Wow! Woo! You have the favor of Christ when you have your hope in him the one who can save you. There's a parable that Jesus tells about a wedding banquet and how, you know, the religious people were invited, but they didn't want to come. And then God said, or invited the ones who didn't think they, you know, could earn their way there. And so he invited people off the streets and they came and and, and then there, but there was one there when, when the wedding was happening, there was one there who wasn't wearing wedding clothes. And he was cast out. And in meditating on that passage, the, the wedding clothes are the righteousness of Christ. To be clothed in him. To recognize with humility that God has made me a son and I didn't earn my sonship. I'm a son because I was born one. And if you are a spiritual son, you are one because you've been born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, which Christ procured by going to the cross, that by grace you are saved through faith, not of works, lest you should boast. That my eyes of favor on Jacob are not because he does anything, because I love him, because I want to be with him. And so the favor of God upon us is abounding. It's like a banquet table. And Galatians says that he has put, in a, he's put his spirit inside of us, meaning that he has put a deposit of the kingdom of God within us, that we have available to us God himself, and that we can walk in such a way where we can always go to the table and receive what he has for us. Or we can walk away and we can choose the sin of self-sufficiency. Now, this morning, God showed me and he also showed Chris St. Cyr and he gave us this illustration, this picture of grave clothes. There's a story in scripture where a friend of Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And, and Jesus said to his friends, okay, now take off the grave clothes. Grave clothes were these bandages, almost like a mummy. Okay, that they would wrap a body in and, and they were soaked in preservatives to, to keep the body from decaying and they were heavy. 
and they would become smelly. And that when we are dead in our trespasses and sin, living our own way in this world, living in the sin of self-sufficiency, we are wrapped up in bondage to these grave clothes. That we're, we're, we're trying to cling to things that cannot save us. But when we're, we're set free, when we become adopted by the Son, those clothes fall off and they're on the ground. And He calls us now to walk in new life, to live as sons, not slaves have the kingdom before us. And the second aspect of favor is this word ratson, which means to, it's a verb, means receiving the benefits of. So he sees us as sons. Now we need to receive the benefits of sonship. And that's the table. That's his provision. That's his ways. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. And we have to choose to walk and follow him and to walk in that way. And walk in his truth. But God showed me this, that we go back to the grave clothes and we pick them back up and say, they're precious. They're precious. And we try to put them back on. And we're putting these grave clothes over the righteous robe of Christ, which is covering us, which makes us in good standing with God. But God is saying, I want to burn those grave clothes. God's saying, I want, I want to obliterate them. And I want you to see how I see you. I want you to know in your heart how I see you, that my eyes are upon you, that I love you, and I have good things for you to walk in all the days of your I see your struggles. I see your sickness. I see your needs and your wants, and I'm a good father. You know, Martha, mighty Martha, gave me a whole list of uh, verses, which I was like, oh, yeah, it's God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom in Luke 12. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. What human father would give a child a, a serpent, a snake, when they need bread? But yet, rather than asking, you have not because you ask not, rather than asking and going in faith and, and expecting and believing that God can do so much more than, than we allow him to do in our life, we choose the sin of self-sufficiency. Rather than live as sons. You're a son. You're a daughter. And he has so much more than you've been living in. Would you receive it? Would you walk in it? Would you come to the table freely, buy wine, bread, without price? It's there. He's made us to walk in the way that I walk with Jacob, to hold hands, to talk with, to rejoice with, for, to cry out to him when we can't to cry out to him even when we can, and to rejoice, and to have fruit snacks. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, fruit snacks are good. I mean, seriously. I mean, who are we buying the fruit snacks for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How does God see you? How do you think he sees you? I, I believe there are those here this morning 
that struggle with this. That struggle with this because their father was abusive. That their father was angry. Their father was a drunk. That their father was hateful. And it's hard to fathom, one, that God allowed that, and that, two, that God is any different. And I really believe that God wants to bring healing in that. I really believe that. I know that. Not even believe it. I know it. I know it. I know that God wants to release you this morning. I know that God wants to correct the way that you view him and understand the way that he views you when you're in Christ. Yeah. We're going to have some ministry time, and uh, Chris had a word before. And uh, can I have the band come up? Uh, the worship team. And uh, I, th- I think I know that there are some of you here that need to be set free of some things, that, that you have grave clothes, that you have faulty views of your father, that you need God to correct it. Yeah. I'll, I am going to stay up here with you. <laughs> um, actually, I really don't need to say anything because Pastor Greg has said it all. Um, but I, I took the microphone because I just want to let you know that God means business here this morning. This is yeah. confirmation. Yeah. Pastor Greg didn't share some of these things in the first service. Yeah. So God gave it to him and he gave it to me. And I just want to read one little scripture out of John. (laughs) It's about Lazarus. I'm thinking that everybody here knows about Lazarus. And, And he died because Jesus tarried in another town to do ministry. And when he finally got to where Lazarus was, he was already in his grave clothes. And he was in the stone grave. And his sisters were very deeply wounded and grieving. And Jesus wept. Pastor Greg, when God revealed those things to him, yeah. he wept. Yeah. That's a love that we can't explain. That's a compassion that we have it, but I don't know that we can really put it into words. Jesus wept. Yeah. And so the long and the short of it, as you all know, is that Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb And he said in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Hmm. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips Hmm. and his face wrapped with a cloth. So like Pastor Greg said, he was all wrapped up. He couldn't move. The cloth is over his face, and that's also wrapped up. So he can't see, hear, or speak. And that's that's an explanation of some of the people that are here today. Yeah. You know Jesus, you yeah. love Jesus, you've been walking yeah. with Jesus, and yet yeah. you don't be, you're not able to hear his voice. You feel yeah. bound up. And God yeah. wants yeah. for you to give that up today. He yeah. doesn't want you to go through another Monday, yeah. another week of being bound up. Because the end of that scripture, Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Yeah. And that's what God wants. Yeah. So yes. don't leave here thinking, I don't want to go up front. I don't want to be seen. Come. God has freedom for you today in a way that I can't explain. This started 
this yeah. morning, yeah. and and it's been going on. So yeah. come, the the yeah. presence of God is so strong here, wanting yeah. to release you. Be yeah. let go from whatever yeah. it was that took place, whatever it is that's hanging on to you. The scripture yeah. says, "Get rid of the sin that hinders you." Yes. Yeah. So that yeah. was an encouragement. I'm sorry yeah. I got loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, Hallelujah. Ah, stand. Stand if you want to walk in fullness of life. Stand if you want to be a son of God. Stand if you want those grave clothes to be cast off. Hallelujah. You know, um, there's, a, there's going to be several of us up here to pray, and I believe that some of you uh, have, some, have some grave clothes that are stuck, that, that they haven't shed. That, that you have things that you need to be released from, that you're still in bondage to, although the Son has set you free and you're free indeed. You're still living as a slave rather than a son, and you're not walking in the fullness that God has for you. And so if that's you, then, then please come forward and, and please allow us to pray and, and have the Holy Spirit break that. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 